Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends. Guess who I'm with? One of the most famous, charismatic, charming, sexy, and tattooed chef in the history. Totally bicultural, Japan and the United States, became very recently three-star Michelin. This is a very big deal. Top 50 in the world of the finest places and destination on the planet. Wine Spectator Grand Award, of course, written so many books, and is game-changing the idea of cooking, flavor, spice, and really bringing cultures together, which is so exciting. Dear friends, we are with Kyle Connaughton. You've obviously recognized him. We are at Single Thread in the beautiful town of Hillsburg. We are upstairs. The kitchen is roaring. It's fully booked. And we are together for a great time. So are we ready? We're ready. Great to see you. Look at this. Great to have you. I'm going to go gentle. Gentle. (laughs) You want to push it? I think it's better pushed by you. Here we go. It's coming at you. God! I'm going to say this is a three-star Michelin opening. Yes. There's a lot of power behind that. (laughs) I like that. That is no surprise how much power there is behind that bottle. So, Kyle, yeah. dear friends, it's a big moment for a chef. You get awarded the highest award on the planet. How do you feel? I feel great. It, it's always good. We got the first um, you know, three-star before the pandemic, and then, of course, the whole world uh, um, has you know, shut down. To, so to earn it and earn it back and, you know, have it for this year is such an amazing win for, you know, for the team. And, you know, we get up every day to do what we do because we love farming. Yeah. We love cooking. And most of all, we love taking care of people. It's why we do it. Um, you know, same why you do what you do because you're passionate about wine, making wine and you're passionate about people. Uh, but, you know, these accolades is something we can get together with the team and really appreciate That's and true. come together and celebrate. And the best part about it, honestly, is to celebrate the hard work of the team. And it's really just an excuse to, you know, to celebrate them because this is not Katina and I alone who um, it's the 96 people mm-hmm. who are here in creating this, creating this um, um, every day. And I'm so excited after this to have you in to dine oh, tonight. Oh, of course. Yeah. Dear friends, I've had the honor, the privilege, the pleasure to taste Chef's food many times. Before he opened, which was really a lot of fun to see this bicultural approach to food, or tricultural, I should say, because Franco-Japanese-American yeah. in many ways, yeah. as well as at the house for auctions and right. fires, and we've done a lot of things we've together. We've done a lot together, yeah. I want to go back on three-star because that's a big deal. Let's not minimize the discussion. You start with one. You opened five years ago. Well, we, no, we went right to two. Right to two. Yeah. And then to three. It's yeah. very unusual to go so fast. Yeah, yeah. It actually, yeah, we got the third star... Uh, just under being open for two years. How does it feel for you who conceive with Katina, his beautiful wife, the menus, the kitchen, the farm, and you'll tell us all about this. How does it feel, though, to finally arrive at three stars? Because I appreciate you recognize the team, but tell us more about all of that, though. 
Yeah, I you know, I think it's something a drive that we have. I had worked my career in many three-star kitchens in Japan and in Europe and you know, all over the world and really it's a you know, I say it's like it's like training for the Olympics every day, yeah. you know, that you know, the thing about something in the Olympics, right? You train and train and train and you get on that podium and you get that award but what's sort of different about this is is that it never ends right every year you have to go back you know to to the podium so every day is you know is is a part of it so you're working um you know for that every day so i had a whole career of that you know 20 plus years working at three michelin star restaurants and you you begin to, you really understand what you know what that takes and uh it, it's it's a it's a crazy thing to be on mm-hmm. every day because every day you're striving so hard and you're working so hard. And then when we opened this restaurant, we had these big aspirations of bringing this uh, to Healdsburg and we wanted to bring this to this community, but we wanted to do it our way. We wanted yes. to do it the way that spoke to us, the hospitality. We wanted to run this less like a restaurant and more like you were coming to a dinner party in our home. And through my wife's farming, she runs our 24-acre farm, as yeah. you know. That's what leads everything we do here. We're, we're, we're led by the farm just like you are, you know, led by what happens, you know, in the field. So, so, so are we in that, in, in that drive. So it means so much more to just earn it for the cuisine of the chef. It is a lifelong dream. My wife and I have been together since we were 15 and 16 years old. So That's pretty this amazing. has been a dream, you know, since we were kids. Uh, you know, to to have this and to yes. and to give, to have that achievement, so it means everything. And now, when you look at all the accolades, because you've gotten them all from every direction, every magazine, every origin, what is and why is Michelin or Michelin so important? And and what do you look for after that? Yeah, well, I think. What makes it so important is it's the legacy, right? It's the history and yes. the legacy. It's an unbroken chain of chefs and restaurants who, uh, you know, going back to the origins of it, that you are a part of that that lineage. You're a part of that that um, uh, that legacy, and then you are making your own, you know, mark for the future and for future chefs who will also gain that uh, that accolade. So. You, you have a role and responsibility in that. You're paying homage to that which came before you. You're making your own mark and you are setting up for the future. And we have a motto here, a mantra really, which is that we are here to prepare and to train the next generation of thoughtful yes. leaders for industry. So we are trying to put out our young people thinking about today and tomorrow and the future and how they can be leaders and how they can achieve this as well. So there's an incredible amount of responsibility that comes with being a part of that uh, that legacy and it's there's a lot of pride that comes to being part of that too absolutely and that leadership that you instill in them that you really distill within their soul how right. do you do this because the kitchen is an enormous organization as we all know, it's yeah. a military operation yeah. in many ways. It's called the Brigade yeah. for no other reason that right. it is as structured as that. So how do you succeed at every layers to do this? You know, that's really comes down to focusing on what's important. You know, young chefs, myself included, young in our career, we're thinking about our creativity. What's going to be our voice? Yes. What's, what am I putting on the plate? 
And you really need to sort of zoom out from that and really realize the importance of the everything that's around that, the community that surrounds um, a restaurant of your suppliers, of your artisans, of your craftspeople, you know, our farm and our agricultural practices. Mm -hmm. So following the seasons, healthy soil, regenerative agriculture, letting that drive everything, uh, you know, that we do and hospitality, taking care of the, the, the guests. It's not about the ego of what we put on the plate. It's about wanting to give our guests the best experience because we inside, I don't like to take care of guests. I need to take mm-hmm. care of people. I have to, it's, it's inside of me. It drives what I do. I have a passion for my wife and I for taking care of people and we want them to give them good food. We want to give them good wine. We want to tell them a story. We want to, we're telling the story about today. This is today. This is our farm. What's happening here in Sonoma County through the, the ingredients, through the floral, through everything you experience, you are in this moment and we are creating and curating this moment, you know, for you. And that's, that is really and truly the drive. Mm-hmm. And if you had to, talking about passion, yeah. doesn't he have any? <laughs> this is our yeah, passion. Yeah. Can you believe this one is a Carneros Napa Valley 2014? We wanted to stay American on this one for you. So you could see a voice that is not just French on bubbles, right. that is as well here. What do you think right. of that? Yeah, cheers. I think it's beautiful. And that's what always what I've loved about you is that you bring you bring these cultures together and you bring Thank it you. you know here uh, together. And I think there's often a mentality in California wine country that it's sort of old world, new world, right? We have all these terms, that's old right. world and new world, you know, us and them, American, European, California you know, in these things and looking at our differences and comparing or standing in the shadow or comparing ourselves to. And I loved how I love how you always so beautifully just marry those together and say for, you know, for us and for you and for you and Gina together. Right. It's all it's all one. Right. It's they both have your heart and you you bring it together so beautifully. Well, you do the same. and, And I think this is very impressive how you've married the cultures. So explain us how that came from for you? What was your inspiration to really, one, go to Japan together with Katerina, and two, to bring that French foundation that you had, and then this American flair, that triptych that is really phenomenal? Yeah, well, you know, kind of going backwards, in California, as you know, is true in winemaking and is the same in cuisine, we have this freedom, right? Yes. You, You know, France, Japan, we're talking about these two places that have been very influential, you know, in, in my career, have these incredibly long legacies um, of cuisine and, you know, going back. And there's a lot that comes with that of being chef, a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. and not as always as much freedom yeah. of creativity. And so one of the unique aspects of what's so great about, you know, being in California, you know, in the U.S., but in particularly in California, is we have this freedom to marry things together to to really to innovate to push we don't have as much cultural uh weight weight that we're Mm -hmm. sort of carrying uh in there so it's an incredible amount of sort of freedom and we have guests who are very open to new ideas and new ways of you know of thought but you know my love affair with japan started when i was nine years old my dad was spending a lot of time there for business he took me to a sushi meal after a (laughs) three-week trip to japan 
um, living in Los Angeles and, um, you know, father and son and sat me down the sushi bar to try to explain where he had just been. And uh, I, in that moment, I fell in love with it, watching the chef slice the fish and make these beautiful pieces individually, everything about it completely captivated me. And we started this journey together, my, my, you know, my dad and I, and we had Japanese foreign exchange students live with us and we spent a lot of time there. We dined at a lot of Japanese restaurants. As soon as I could, I could work. I went and got a job at the sushi bar. Really, in and, LA uh, or in, in LA, and uh, and then went to Japanese culinary school. Went to five years of a language tutor. I just was uh, to Ooh, get myself that. out there and did an apprenticeship in Japan. And I so just, you went all in. We went all in. We moved there with our two young daughters, you know, right, <laughs> right to rural Hokkaido and put them in like regular, you know, public school. As you know, my wife is not Japanese at all. So, you know, we really immersed ourselves deeply in the culture. My wife was farming there. I was cooking there. And, you know, it really, really taught me this reverence for the seasons, mm-hmm. for the integrity of the ingredients, um, for repetition of learning skills and mastery appreciation for craftsmanship and mm-hmm. quality uh, and all of these things. And so, and a really amazing innate sense of very genuine hospitality that of course, you know, exists there and to bring that. But yes. I also had an opportunity in to Japan to also work for Michel Bra, amazing Fantastic. Uh, 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 you know, chef from uh, a very remote area of uh, France called La Guiole. Mm-hmm. And I got to work also for him, a hero of mine. So I also get to, got to cook French yeah. cuisine and Japanese cuisine, you know, and all together and to see the technique and the beauty from that culture as well. And of course, as all young chefs, your your training, your background is rooted in French technique. And uh, so, you know, we here we combine this French technique, uh, Japanese sensibility and flavor, yes. but ultimately to reflect the seasons and the terroir of California. So that's the voice you that's want to have. That's the voice, yeah, yeah. And as you prepare and you conceive and you design and you really, you know, theatrically engage your mind into those beautiful presentations, what inspires you really? Yeah, so many things. I mean, I think I'm so inspired mostly, you know, for the cuisine of watching the hard work of my wife and on yes. the farm, right? As you know, we have a now a 24 acre farm, a new, new farm. And so, you know, what's really important to me and to our cuisine and the inspiration around it is, is that my wife spends months growing a vegetable that we harvest in the morning. It arrives here in the kitchen at 11 a.m. every morning. And that night we serve it. So the amount of time that I have that ingredient, my team has that ingredient, is so short compared to the weeks and months that she's been working on That's it. Amazing. So I have this incredible responsibility to showcase the hard work of the of the farmer, because here I am in the last moments of that vegetable, right, in the dining room and getting, you know, with the team and getting the glory yeah. while she's out there, you know, shoveling and weeding and, and digging. And as you know, you know, farming is very, very, you know, difficult. And what happens you know for you in the vineyard is reflected in the bottle and what happens for us in the farm is reflected on the plate and so you know i am inspired really to pay homage to that to that hard sure. work and show and it, that's what drives me is to say i you know I, when i wake up in the morning which is not late 
but my wife is gone. She's been gone for three hours. She's at the farm already. You know, she's out there until she does not have any more, you know, sunlight. And she's out there, you know, all day, you know, working. So when I get up every day and I go into the kitchen, I'm thinking about it's my responsibility to, and to, to find new ways to inspire and to tell that story because our dishes are a story. It's a narrative That's right. to tell that story of the hard work of the farm. And do you, which is amazing, and you honor always the principle of my favorite philosopher, think about the source. Yeah. Think about where the ingredients come from and we respect them all right. along the way. And you magnify this. When you think of dishes and recipes, do you write yourself a story in your mind? Is there, yeah. which I've admired a lot in Japan, yeah. is there's in Kichu, a great yeah. restaurant. One of it's my favorites. In yeah. the world, right? Yeah. It's a storytelling throughout the whole yeah. presentation. And Beautifully evolution. told, yeah. So are you within the same thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I talk a lot about and explain to menus and if guests ask, you know, how do you come up with these dishes and things? You know, explain it. It's a menu like this, or we're a 10, 10 course menu. So you're, you're thinking about the whole, right? So a menu for us, it's, you know, it's a three, three and a half hour story. So it's like a writing a screenplay or writing yeah. a novel. Each dish is a scene or a chapter. And you're, so you're thinking individually about that scene, but you're also thinking about where it fits in the, in the yes. narrative, in the story. And so you have contrast or complementary. You can have, you know, a dish that's very, very austere, a lot of acidity, very clean, followed by something that has a lot of luxurious richness to it. And it's the juxtaposition between those two that accentuate each other. Yes. So you like these scenes to be next to each other because it's these peaks and valleys, you know, that create the sensory experience that at the end you understand the, the sort of whole of the story. And you want that story to be more than the sum of its parts. So yeah. the individual things are, are uh, you know, are great. And as, as a whole, together, you get to the end of that story and you think back on it and think that that was, you know, fantastic, right? So that's the hallmark of a great novel, of a great film, yeah. of a great symphony is, mm -hmm. you know, and I think of a great menu is, is to, to think about the the individual uh, things and of course the details of that but to really zoom out and think about the narrative as a whole have um as as i reflect on this you mentioned you're a man of all seasons and every seasons as well influence what you prepare yeah so you change the menu not only every season or more or how often do you so, actually there is some change every day so every day. incremental changes um every day incremental and that's what's the important thing is is we are iterating incrementally so we'll have a dish that may be on for a few weeks and then off and then other things small changes you know small changes we have some lots of small things at the beginning that's a could be the ideation three flavors that we develop yeah. turns into a dish there's something some small spark and that leads to something you know like it'd be like someone writing you know they write a, a you know a little bar of music and it's like they kind of do a little tune and then start to say i like that i've got yes. we got something here and then we build a whole you know song maybe a whole sort of symphony or you know around that's the same thing we have these little things like playing jazz you know little things that we do um 
and that's how you start your meal is all these kind of like little small things, but those small things lead to bigger ideas. So we focus on a principle here in Japanese called Kaizen, which yeah, means kaizen. Uh, good change, good change yeah. right? And so what we're trying to talk to about with our team every day is, is, is about, progress is about small incremental change every day, being better than yesterday, doing small things. It's not just like one day you wake up and you go, I'm gonna make a drastic change. Everything is about incrementally getting better and better and better, improving, doing that a little bit better, a little bit more refined, you know, that movement, that these, you know, this, this, these small things, thinking about things in these, in these increments. And that's what we're doing with the cuisine. We're incrementally always iterating, iterate, trying to make it better, refine it. Let's make it better than it was yesterday. Let's change this. Let's try it. Let's try something new. Then let's work on that. We like this component. Let's bring it over here. You know, let's bring it, you know, together. So it's a, it's a, it's a really kind of beautifully orchestrated yes. sort of, never ending you know creativity loop you know That's that right. we're in all the time and it's great to instill that with your team yeah this is very yeah. burgundy this is beautiful by the way Montelis, a lovely little village in the Côte de Beaune for you now have you ever created a menu around how you met your wife <laughs> <laughs> A menu? dear friends no. <laughs> I think it would be a lot of fun so yeah. tell us because you adore your wife. You've been together since the age of 15. Adore her. Granted, you just turned uh, 31, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Two daughters, we have that in common yeah. as well. We're surrounded by beautiful women. Yes. How did you meet your wife? And maybe even before you tell us that, did you ever design the whole menu on the theme? I haven't done that, but I love that idea. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, I love watching you and you two, you two girls. God, they're so cute. <laughs> you guys are adorable together and they are such a blend of you and Gina too by the way in their expressions I love it um, but uh, yeah we my wife and I met uh, when we were 15 and at, but a, at what kind of show we had a little tiny punk rock show <laughs> uh, outside of Los Angeles and uh, we had some mutual friends we lived on completely opposite ends of Los Angeles from each other and uh, we met uh, that night and she was so adorable with her knee-high uh, black and white striped um, uh, socks and I thought she was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen and uh, my my high school was actually closing and everyone at that high school had to choose what new school they were gonna go to I convinced my friends parents and my own parents to let me move all the way across the other side of Los Angeles an hour stuff away from Redondo Beach um, to move into a guest room at my friend's house and uh, so I could change school so I could be in the school district wow. of her school. Very strategic. From, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and we had a lot of mutual friends there. So, you know, I went there and, uh, you know, I showed up, uh, I don't know, six or eight weeks after that first meeting. And uh, we have been together every day since that, since that moment. Yeah. Well, you have another thing in yeah. common. I mean, she's tall and gorgeous and beautiful and athletic she works the garden as well but you have another passion in common those beautiful decorations did it start in japan or did it start no it started so dear friends what i mean is we're gonna have to zoom in because we're not gonna try to get kyle naked Uh, but from what i understand his almost whole body whole body top to bottom correct yeah Top to bottom. So, do you so. want to show us one and, and tell us how you got started? Oh, sorry, I'm going to 
this is gonna maybe it's this gives you more of the ooh la la yeah woo, woo. ladies <laughs> don't get too hot on the other side uh, of the screen I don't, I don't think we're worried about that there but <laughs> no you know it was just you know what about the arm I love that oh, one just yeah, yeah it's just this. the whole no but I mean there's a lot going on a lot, yeah there's a lot going on and you know, that was just kind of something at the time growing up in the 90s in L.A. and the punk rock, you know, scene. It was just the movie we did. But we, you know, the, there's a, a very interesting tattoo culture in Japan mm -hmm. of the full body suits. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we were very, um, you know, I was very fortunate to meet um, an artist who, you know, decided after, you know, little bits and pieces that we were going to, yeah. we were going to, we were going to start something all the way top to bottom so it's been so a, there's a theme yeah it's a whole uh uh it's kind of a whole uh story it's a very traditional style of Jap japanese um uh tattooing it, actually my the main body of it is a kind of like a fable an old japanese fable which is uh basically there's a, a wealthy merchant taking advantage of the poor farmer cheating oh. them so the rice god sends the fox which is the messenger of the of the uh of the rice god mm. to become as beautiful geisha, seduce the uh, um, uh, the merchant, and then essentially ruin his life in retribution to the farmer. Wow! So the moral of the story Boom. of this Beautiful. fable is to um, to to respect uh, to respect the you know the the farmer and uh, so the, the moral gets below the belt. So or above it, the yeah, belt? The <laughs> not that we're wearing the any moral. Belt. The moral of the story happens uh, yeah below, below the belt, but it's <laughs> it's a uh, it's, it's, it's where a, morality It's happens. a story that you know that that really speaks to me as my you know as my wife is as a farmer and knowing as we were saying and respecting that you know that hard work was uh, yeah. you know as you know out in the field in the vineyard in the you know in the fields it's. That is where the, that's where the real work um, happens, and and we have to you know we have to honor and celebrate and support yes. uh, you know good practices and the people who are out there every day doing it. I'm sure we're gonna have in the chat next show with Kyle naked, yeah. So we could see his tattoos. We can do, we should do the next show. We'll do it from like the the Japanese onsen baths, and it could just be you and I in towels. I together. love it. Well, we yeah. may want to have our wives yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, steam towel. <laughs> just well, a little, we may get room. too excited. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever cooked naked in the kitchen? Well, that's a great transition. I love that <laughs> question. I mean, the thing is, is the grease splattering is what you know. It's good, right. It, there's a lot of. It's dangerous. It's not good for you to do. I, I won't say. I mean, I won't say no, but it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a habit. Because I got to tell you, as I wake up yeah. on Wapo Hill, you've cooked in the kitchen. You know, I roll out of bed naked, jump in the pool, then yeah. go for coffee. Perfect. It's 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 a nude moment. Yeah, it's kind of nice too it, to be. Yeah. Next it's to beautiful. the Racornu, turning yeah. it on for coffee. And we're, we're building a house out of the back of the farm. It's very much set up for that same purpose. Here so we go. I'm glad to hear. Um, now, tell us. <laughs> so you know where we're going to go. It's yeah. going to be a new camp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, tell us about the importance, as you have in a way, but the farm, and how essential it is to single thread and how you've built this entire model on the ingredients because dear friends let's never forget you know we are what you eat yeah. or you are what you eat and it's so essential and Kyle with his beautiful wife 
K-square, as I call them, yeah. uh, have been very focused on this. So maybe right. you want to further elaborate on, on Yeah, that. I mean, the farm for us, we started first with a five-acre farm. Uh, and then uh, we recently purchased, uh, last year we purchased 24 acres out on the Dry Creek Valley. Congratulations. And uh, uh, um, thank you. And our good mutual friend, uh, uh, you know, Bill and I are... And Katina have uh, have really partnered in that, That's and great. to bring uh, you know biodiversity you know to uh, uh, you know or not that it it definitely there's great biodiversity out there, but to bring more biodiversity to the Dry Creek Valley, and uh, you know we have you know vineyards um, all, all around us, so we're really very proud to you know to farm you know organically um, you know there in the middle of that, and 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 really yeah. think about the sort of overall health of um, of of the region. You know, but it's very important for us because we are able to control um, the quality of everything we grow, and we have a, the opportunity to to give back, you know, to the soil and focus on regenerative agriculture. What we're building out there really is a full full permaculture yes. center, and uh, you know, this is our kind of you know the Earth's lifeline. Really, is this type of uh, um, you know biodiversity. So. We are both benefiting from receiving the product and giving in this same very cyclical, uh, you know, way. So, uh, but it also what it serves to is, as I was saying, what's important to us is this idea of of training the next generation of That's thoughtful right. leaders. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking chefs, many of whom have cooked in only an urban environment, putting them into the farm environment, That's showing the them where their ingredients come from teaching them the respect for the quality uh, and the integrity of the ingredients um, and having our whole team uh, focused around that. But now also we'll be welcoming the guests to come out there to see that as well. And really what we want to do is, is we just want to connect people with their food systems to understand where their food right. comes from, to respect their, you know, their food systems. When they come to Single Thread, they can dine and have that appreciation for it. But that's fine in that night. How, how do we... How do we change uh, a sort of culture to think when you go in, the choices that we make, the food choices, that we vote with our dollars, right? We, we support good food systems or we support bad food systems and the importance that's out there to support good food systems. Of course, we can do it. We're in this restaurant environment. We're lucky to yeah. be, um, uh, as you are in Sonoma County, where we can be farming all year round. Um, but not everyone has that ability, but we all have the ability to support good food systems and support farmers to make good choices. And that is the larger message that we're trying to send out. And along that larger message, we, we staying in Burgundy, yeah. we, um, we all believe, of course, so much into sustainability, organic, even further biodynamic. How important is it to you and how important should it be to all of us to really follow the principle of organic farming and the respect of what we input into the soil. Right. You stress so much on right. the cycle, the rhythm of Mother Nature. Right. Well, you know, we've been taking so much, right? We've been taking, 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 and we're trying to replenish in ways that are cheap and fast and easy. The problem is, is, is it's not, it, we, we are not building healthy soils That's by right. doing that, right? It's a, it's a short-term, uh, solution creating a long-term problem and so what it really means you know when you think well what is this organic man okay it's not sprayed and you know I don't have these chemicals and everything like that that's that's very that's very important for you know for 
our, our health. But we have to think about things like the runoff into our water systems, and we have to think about the health of our soil. What we need to be doing is we need to be taking care of and creating healthy soil. I think a lot of people think that my wife's job as a farmer is to focus on, you put the seed in and then you focus on what comes out. Hmm. And of course, that's an important part of it. But really, most of her time and most of her day and her energy is focusing on what's happening below. For sure. What's happening with the soil? What am I taking out? What am I replenishing and putting in? How am I moving things around to create, you know, healthy soil? How am I thinking about the habitat for the pollinators right. and the and the bees and you know and all of these things and the birds that are so you know important, you know, to that is is a, how are we focusing on the health of the land? When we have healthy land, we can grow healthy food. That's right. right. The nutritional density of the the food that we grow compared to conventional, you know, things. It's, you know, it's, it, it's night and day. I mean, carrot to carrot is, an, you know, apples to and oranges, world. right? So it's, you know, when you talk about nutritional density. So, you know, to, to, to think not only about our own health, but, you know, also the help of the planet and the future of our planet and the future of agriculture for, you know, for future generations, we have a responsibility, That's right. you know, to think and to act this way. And it's really preventing as well our health. Yeah. And our metabolism. Right. To be able to farm this way and to be responsible this way and to right. follow the rhythm of nature. I'm I'm hopeful that all of us in many ways will help to change right. from wine, which we do a lot organically as as this is the case, to to really having everyone around the world focus on organics right. and organic produce. Right. I mean you see the difference in right. the kitchen in right. a big way. Yeah. And I think people are, are understandably, ourselves included, confused about the terms organic because there's been yeah. so many different certifications and different, you know, sort of things. And, you know, w- you know, now we have this term greenwashing, you know, is yeah. like, well, what is organic? What is sustainable? What does that even mean? You know, right. But, you know, ultimately, like, what can we do as consumers? What can we do as individuals? And, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day is to support good food systems, Mm. you know, to care, to seek out farmers and farmers markets and locality and great producers of wine and food, you know, stuff who are supporting, you know, good food systems. You know, our our dollars matter as much of if not more than our votes, because our dollars are a vote right where we are voting for good mm-hmm. food systems, you know, with our dollars. Farmers want to do the right thing. They want yeah. to do the responsible thing. They understand, but we have to financially incentivize them to do that. We have to support them. That's right. We have to be willing to support the systems. So how do you think um, the world can make a difference in that? Yeah, you know, I think it's, uh, uh, you know. That, in the middle of sure climate uh, right. evolution, we're in the middle of big summits in Europe and Scotland being turned over by a lot of leaders yeah, discussing know, this. I mean, we've got to make a bigger, stronger... Sure. It's a complicated thing, right? There's a lot of facets to it, and I don't claim to have, you know, the answer and the, yeah. the sort of silver bullet for for what, you know, um, you know, what it is. You know, we're focused on our small corner of the world, and one could say, well, it's like, well, that's fine for you. You have a three Michelin star restaurant, you know, in charge of this money. You can, you know, support these things, but what does it mean... On a daily scale, and that's what we say. We don't stand on a soapbox and preach and say everyone should do things like what we, you know, what we do, uh, because that pushes people away. 
well, you know, we're going to say was, is we're trying to be a part of a good food system. And, then, and people often ask to say, oh, is all of the produce come from your farm? I say, no, no, only 70%. The reason why that is, is that other 30%, we want to support other of farmers, Absolutely. right? We buy from our mutual friend, Middleton, uh, you know, farm the of woods, course. right? We, you know, from Bernie, we want to support these other amazing farms. So if we just build this kind of uh, all these walls and sort of live within it, that's great for us, but we're not supporting an agricultural community. Right. A greater space. So one of the greatest things that we can do is just to support an agricultural community wherever you are. And to you know to seek out farmers, you know to go to that farmers market and to pay that little bit of extra it is that helps the farmer to make the right decision. Now within that, um, a, a deep question on trends in the food world. Many of all of us cook at home. We get your seven, eight cookbooks. We dive into the world of great recipes. Where are we going in terms of taste? What do you think is the next exciting yeah. thing happening in the U.S.? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know what I think it, um, you know, it isn't like, oh, hey, we're we're going to start looking at, you know, sort of like this country's cuisine or that, you know, as we have in the past to say, okay, well, you know, Nordic food is really hot and everyone's looking to Peru yeah. right now. You know, I, honestly, I think what what is where we are and obviously the last year and a half has changed yes. all of us and has changed things. I think in our world it has accelerated things that were already happening and made them move faster, um, you know, to um, sort of more logical, you know, conclusions. And I think what is the sort of trend or the direction that people are moving, and I certainly see this with the diners and the way that people respond to what we do, is comes around authenticity. People want things that are authentic. They want yes. to feel the authenticity. They want to understand your story. They want to understand the sort of narrative at play. They want to know where it came from. They want to know what it is that you're doing. They want transparency. You know, they don't want to see things that feel inauthentic. And, and that doesn't mean that you have to only do what you do in that place, right? It's like they want to know if they're going to, you know, this new Korean barbecue, you know, spot that the, you know, the chef trained here and is sourcing these ingredients here and is paying attention to these things and that they're telling an authentic story. And I think, I think at the, at the end of the day, I think it, where we're headed in food and in wine, I think boils down to two, to two words, which is authenticity and transparency. Very good, very good, very good points. And what took us there? And where were we? And yeah. how did we go to the other place to want to come back where we are? Sure. Well, you know, I think in, in our little tiny corner of the world of fine yes. dining, because the world of food and drink is such a is such a vast place. So, you know, speaking about it, our kind of like small, tiny little corner of the profession in, you know, in fine dining. Right. There was this time in fine dining before and where it was all about getting all the best ingredients flown in from all over the world. And all of these things, and really, it was a little bit more about uh, luxury, which there's, of course, nothing wrong with some luxury and some fun and some opulence. As That's you guys, where we are, as you guys <laughs> do so beautifully, right? And so, this isn't a statement against that. It's, but it, there was no story or authenticity, right? It was a style of cuisine, and you could go anywhere and sort of see very much the same thing. It was really more about that, and. And now um, I think the the shift is is 
is more about locality. Tell me that when when guests here, they want to understand about Sonoma. They want to yes. understand Healdsburg. They want to understand the locality of where they are. They want to feel the connection, um, you know, to um, to where where they are. And I think that we've accelerated, you know, that over the past year. I think social media has had a huge, you know, uh, part in that. People want to share um, you know, their experiences. They want to share what they take away. We have this interesting lens into yes. people's lives now, right? So every morning when I wake up and I launch the single thread Instagram, I have this ability to see the guests from the night before and what what they took photos of. What did they take away from the experience? What did they say? What are the, What's the feedback? They're not sharing that with me, with us. They're sharing that with their network but, but we get to be the sort of fly on the wall and watch to see what did you respond to? What what was important to you? What Of all the things that we presented to you, what was the image you decided to share or the few images? What was the takeaways you know, from that? And so you get to see patterns in themes. Yes. And so you get to see what people connect with. And over and over again, I see um, uh, our guests have that connection mm. with the locality and the being present in the moment and that authenticity around, you know, what it is, um, you know, that we're doing and that they feel that they connected and bonded, um, you know, with us. And so, you know, that's kind of how my marker as to yes. how if we're doing it right mm. or we're, you know, doing it wrong and where we're going is, is that people want to go and they want to have these experiences and they want to fully immerse themselves in those experiences. Fabulously said. Yes. Now, what is the favorite comments you like to hear in that morning when you read an Instagram? Yeah. What is the dream that you have as you create all night, the night before as we yeah. experience tonight, and you get up in the morning and you see the, 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 the comment that you adore? Yeah, I think it's a, when guests have a, the best is when there is an, an emotional response to a connection that they made with the team that they were celebrating something that they were there and they're expressing that that we took an experience which was already elevated and somehow personalized it for them that elevated it that that much more i think it is that that personal touch and care um you know uh to that and i think it's when they really recognize the team and the connection and when, in particular, when they talk about attention to detail, uh, you know, in things that those are the things that I think make me the most proud. I love that people love the food and they think yes. a dish tasted great or something, you know, like that. As a chef, of course, that makes me feel good. But really, you know, as I said before, I, I enjoy being a chef and I enjoy cooking food and putting delicious food onto a plate. But I enjoy so much more the act of taking yes. care of people. That's right. And so when people are feel taken care of and they feel, you know, that warmth and they and they get what they do and they use things to say like, I didn't feel like I was in a three Michelin star restaurant. I felt like I was in someone's home having a dinner party. That for me is like the ultimate wow. compliment. So we thanks for asking me that question too. No one's ever asked me that. Well I mean, it's uh, appreciate that. Now you know what is exciting as well is is to think about What's next? So three-star yeah. Michelin, major deal, Wine Spectator, Grand Award. I mean, the highest level you can ever get. A ton of recognition around the planet. So what's the next dream? 
Yeah. Um, well, you know, this year we're opening a really, really um, fun project with Ken Folk uh, here in town called Little Saint, uh, which is where, you know, reopening uh, what was the shed building, which we adored and we miss so much. And For we, sure. We've got this, uh, you know, beautiful new space. Uh, and so Ken uh, and Katina and I have partnered and with a really, really amazing local family, the, the Ovens family who are so incredibly generous and thoughtful and care so much, not only about the community, but the planet and so many things. You know, we've come together and we've, um, you know, we've taken over that space. We're opening Little Saint um, early 2022. And it's really an offshoot of Ken Folk's uh, St. Joseph Center, you know, for the art studies done down, the foundation down in there. And that's why we're Little Saint. So this is, if you're not familiar, Ken Folk purchased this, Beautiful old church that had been abandoned for 20, 30 years down in San Francisco, completely rehabilitated, turned it into a charity foundation to support the arts. Young emerging mm-hmm. artists, designers, graphic designers, artists, visual artists, uh, musicians, chefs, all kinds of talented people through this foundation. And so the Shed per- building was purchased, donated to the foundation. Ken and I, we and Katina, we came together um, to, he's doing all of the design and the arts programming and the music and conversation. And we're doing all of the food and the beverage and the wine store and the cafe and and the restaurant. And it's all completely plant-based. So everything is coming in there. It's all vegetables and it's coming from our farm and also our new farm, the other new farm, the Little Saint Farm, specifically for that for that project. So sharing in a much more casual way with our local community and our visitors community, you know, again, this agricultural here in this community, along with art and music and design and speakers and visiting chefs and in all these kinds of ways. So that we're really, really excited about that. And everything goes back to the foundation. I love so it. everything completely goes back to the foundation. And it it's really, really gonna be something very special wow. for this community. This so, is a big deal. A and big deal. when yeah. is the plan of opening? Well, we're having, you know, as everyone is, some supply chain issues on construction materials. So we were hoping to be open, uh, you know, here towards the end of 2021. But it looks like we'll be, Probably February, oh, yeah, maybe March, early 2022. We're yeah. months away. Yeah, That's we're great. Away, so. Well, we're going to wish you not only good luck, but we'll be there. Yeah. And this is very exciting because, dear friends, if you haven't been to Hillsburg, Single Fred is the place to go. But now yeah. you have another one as yeah. well. And there's a lot of things happening. It's a people. very, very special place here in Hillsburg. We have a lot so. of friends. If you have not been, please come and visit this amazing town. Yeah. And we have a little Oakville grocery for lunch, if you want to yeah. go as well, yeah. which is adjacent to yeah. Single Fred. Do you know our part of, do you know the reason that we, why we chose Hillsburg? Have no. I told you the story? Because it revolves no. around Oakville grocery. Did really? You know this? Yeah. So when my wife and I got married, the reason why we ended up in, in Hillsburg, you didn't ask me the question, why Hillsburg? So I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer the question <laughs> that you did not ask. But since you brought up Oakville Grocery, so when my wife and I were 23 and we were living in Los Angeles, I was working pastry at the dining room at the Ritz Carlton. My wife picked me up at the end of my shift, it was like almost one in the morning. We drove overnight uh, to Mendocino. We got married on the end of the Headlands cliffs out in Mendocino, out in the ocean, just the two of us. And we built our whole trip around going to have dinner the next night at Chez Panisse. It was like a pilgrimage for us because I had worked for a lot of chefs who had come from Chez Panisse. 
And so, you know, this is before internet and cell phones or anything. So we had no way to look up where to go. The next day we're driving from Mendocino to Berkeley. We're coming down the 101, decided here's the place we'll pull off in, uh, you know, a town and we'll find some place to have lunch. We came to the plaza, came to Oakville Grocery, had lunch, brought it into the plaza. And that is where we said, this town is amazing and fell in love with um, with uh, uh, Healdsburg. Well, we and great matchmakers. Led to us. I don't and uh, 17 years later, one block away, we opened Single Throw. I love it. Yeah. So come to the Oakville Grocery so for special our... events, matchmaking, <laughs> so love, you're, you're part of You're part of our story of why we're even here. It's so, always yeah, a yeah. single friend. Yeah. So maybe, Kyle, the last message to all yeah. our friends around the world, because... This was an amazing time together. I know everybody's going for dinner. We are. Yeah. Chef needs to go I'm back to the kitchen, dinner. probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we'll do others because this is so much important for all of us to hear all the fundamental things about the source, about the farm, about the food, about the trends, about the community, and about all what you're doing. So I cannot wait to go to Little Saint. Yeah. You know, we sing, both of us, yeah. anyhow. Yeah. Don't you feel like a saint? <laughs> I don't know how saintly I feel, but we, we try our best. We try our best. And we're, I mean, we're also uh, neighbors out in Dry Creek. Uh, That's you know, right. You know, too, our, your, the, the general store. And, My uh, lovely wife. And, uh, and our, you know, our new beautiful property in Dry Creek. So, um, so yeah, so we lots, feel very connected to you. Lots of adjacency. Yeah. Lots of friendship. Yeah. So maybe, Kyle, the big message to the world. Yeah. You know, the last few sentences is all you. Oh, wow. What do I say in this moment? I feel like we just said so much. Well, maybe uh, a last yeah, message. Or? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, all I can say is thank you. Thank you for amazing support, by the way, amazing generosity to this community and through you too. the fires and the, and, you know, and the pandemic. Um, you know, our work with Sonoma Family Meal, you've yeah. been incredibly um, supportive of. So we thank you. Um, As you have. Uh, very much. But we, you know, feel uh, very fortunate. I think this is the time for us all to really take stock of our lives and to celebrate that as much as good in our life and beautiful. And there's a lot of negativity in the world, but there's also a lot of beauty and we have to support each other and continue to celebrate that. So thank you. Thank you for your friendship. And to yeah. entrepreneurship yeah. as well. Yeah. Thank you. Bravo.